No, baby, that's for somebody else. We're just gonna keep you right where you're at right now. Wrestling Realm presents Break It Down with Brian H. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode of Break It Down with Brian H. I'm your host, Brian H. Waters, and of course, I am joined by the realness himself, the one, the only, the real, Dwayne Allen. Dwayne, what's up bro, how you feeling? Good, man. Feeling pretty good. WrestleMania season just concluded, and uh, let's hit the reset button. Yeah, man. Um, two nights. We're back live right here on YouTube. For those out there, hit the subscribe button. That way, you will never miss out on an opportunity to catch our show. We just concluded the second night. Overall, when you look back at this, I know last night you said that Vince McMahon will go down in history, but just to kind of now this is all said and done if you had to rank this wrestlemania or do you rank it in the upper echelons the middle or the lower i would probably say the middle in all fairness okay um well, primarily because the, the circumstances in which uh the wrestlemania has to continue uh i'm grateful that we had a wrestlemania in the first place mm-hmm. this didn't have to go on they could have easily postponed it or canceled it. And a lot of people feel like it's postponed it, but like I said before, as fans, we don't know what the WWE has to do in order that whole process can be a headache and, you know, with the city. So, so it is, for them to say postponed it was, was crazy. But for them to take what they had and they made the best of it, I was thoroughly impressed with what they had. And, um, I mean, I, I would definitely give WrestleMania this year probably a solid seven. Okay. Solid seven. So I'm going to put in the middle. Yeah. I'm going to look at it from, like you said, it's, it's, so it's, it's hard because it's like, it's really not fair to compare to everything else. Because like you said, not having a live crowd, not having um, just so many different circumstances. But when I look at the card and I look at each match, I look at the importance of the matches. I look at it as a, you know, I, I do put it in the, I put it in the echelons, but the middle part, um, it's hard not to think about what if the crowd would have been there, but as far as match quality, they definitely to me had more good matches than bad ones. Of course, if like there was some matches that I could have dealt without Alistair Black and Bobby Lashley, but there were, yes, indeed. <laughs> you know, um, there were some matches that I'm like, you know what? This is fine. Uh, this is really good. Um, Oh, great. My Google home is drawn, but I, if, if I be honest, a match like Edge and Randy Orton is a match that I could have dealt. I would, you know, I I'd probably go back do like Chris Jericho said and watch it with no commentary. Which did, I don't know if you got a chance to see his tweet. What you think about it? No, I mean he's right. I mean it's just, the thing is, WrestleMania is not really about matches. WrestleMania is about moments, right? Mm-hmm. WrestleMania is is a holiday. It's the opportunity to travel. For some people abroad, it comes from around the world, around the country, all in one area. It is a convention of fans for an experience. And I feel like WrestleMania overall, they gave us the right amount of good matches, which are the ones we actually like and appreciate it. But we lost out on all the moments that would have made WrestleMania because you just can't have moments in an empty arena. So when you, when you look at the matches like um, the Street Profits and, and um, uh, Angel Garza and Austin Theory, a match like that, Street Profits are fan favorites. You're not watching them to see great wrestling. You know what I mean? You're not saying, oh, I want to see a great, a great wrestling match between these guys. Angel Garza can go Austin Theory is pretty good. But they're all fresh faces. That was a match that was for the fans because the, because it was supposed to be 80,000 red cups in the air and Street Profits made their way to the ring. You know what I mean? It was supposed to be a huge pot when Bianca Bella to come out and to help her husband. Because, you know, everybody, that's, you know, WWE is in the age now where they say, let's not try to convince the fans that we don't know, that they know what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, those are all moments you're supposed to have. Randy Orton Edge, those were that that was supposed to be uh, an exhausting moment for the fans. Otis and and Dolph Ziggler, moment for the fans. Like I said, they, they had a great card as far as okay, we want to give them solid matches that are going to make you go ooh and ah. Uh, but then there's also those moments that you have that make a WrestleMania as well. Because at the end of the day, like I said, it's all about an experience. Yeah, and you know, as you bring up a good point, um, that's why you're the realness. 
you bring up a good point. We definitely missed out on a lot of moments because, I mean, you, and, and it sucks because some of those moments, I don't think we'll get back. You know, it's not going to be, how long can the Street Profits maintain this? Can they get, keep this type of momentum or some, some, some type of momentum going into LA next year? Well, we will see 80,000 Red Cups in the air. You know what I mean? Obviously, you will never have another moment for Dolphin Mandy just because it happened the first time. So it's like, you, it's, it's not the same. But let's get right into the card. I'm going to start off with the Funhouse match. I, and I'm going to you go first. What was your thoughts when you saw this? You being a production guy, uh, a film guy, somebody who understands the thought process, what it takes to do this, what did you think when you watched it? Immediately when the match started, I was pissed because John Cena came out the regular Titan Tron way. I said, see, now I'm already pissed. Okay. <laughs> after watching yesterday's Boneyard match and that production, I said I was expecting the same type of theatrical presentation, right? Right. So I'm like, okay, don't like it already. I wrote, I wrote off immediately. But then when he kind of said, okay, this is WrestleMania, things began to switch, I said, okay, now you got me. Thank you for that WrestleMania surprise. It wasn't much, but it was the most they could have given me because I'm like, okay, that's what I needed. You gave me that swerve now because just like a smart mark, I, I, I had to figure it out. Okay, so, you know, they, they're going to do another theatrical presentation like Taker and AJ Styles. They were so prepared for that. They teased the fact that it, it was going to be a regular match. Mm-hmm. You know, it's what I said yesterday. I said, I'm be mad if you come out here and the stuff surrounding the ring and you're going to call that the match. So the way that it started, it caught me off guard, but then I said, that great swerve, and then we went to the presentation. And mind you, the presentation, I thought, was the build-up before I had a, a genuine understanding of what type of match this was going to be. Yep. And it wasn't a traditional wrestling match in, 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 in what we were expecting. Like, Undertaker and AJ Styles and a Bowie on my stage, had a fight, right? Mm-hmm. But this was no regular fight. This, is, this was a Firefly Funhouse match in which you had the match went by the rules of the Firefly Funhouse. We've never been completely privy to what that means throughout outside of the segments that Bray Wyatt has done when he first started and what he does in between. And we got they gave us an opportunity to step into the world of the Firefly Funhouse. Crazy part was I'm watching it five minutes in, I didn't realize the match had already started. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I looked over and I saw the Vince puppet and then uh then the macho buzzer. I said, Oh snap, the match has already started. This is the match. This is what Bray Wyatt was talking about. And he addressed every concern or comment that every fan against Johnson has said over the last eight to ten years. How about it? I mean, even fur- further than that. I mean, you go all the way back to almost 2000, whenever Johnson debuted. I was amazed by it. And it's like once you understood what was going on, I was like, oh, this is not even what I thought was going to be the wrestling. The wrestling match had already started. This is what a wrestling match looks like in Bray Wyatt's world. Well, he addressed everything he's ever thought about John Cena. Because John Cena went out and he said some things I probably felt that he probably genuinely felt about Bray Wyatt. Mm-hmm. But Bray Wyatt was that voice of the fans um, that echoed, you know, a lot of the fans turning on John Cena as time went on. I mean, I literally saw everything that was said, even him being a modern-day Hulk Hogan, him being a jack guy like the 80s, that Vince Weldon kind of guys. I, I, it was all addressed in such a crazy theatrical presentation that threw me all the way off but it, it was just like man this, the, the level of creativity was just through the roof and that was something I can appreciate as a production guy how they literally pulled it off and just the little things if you're not paying attention if you're not a genuine fan you would have never known those things but as being one of those fans that have criticized John Cena for years I saw every criticism put in theatrical form and then called the match at a Wrestlemania yeah um... unbelievable I was speechless I, I was shocked I was like I, I don't know what to say this was one of those matches that I think benefited the most because you can't have this type of match in a 80,000 um, arena, uh, 80,000 capacity stadium. You know what I mean? It obviously would have been something different, but I don't think even if they would have played that on a screen, fans would have just been irritated. you remember when Randy Orton took on Bray Wyatt for the WWE Championship and they did the little cinematic, well, not the cinematic thing, but the thing with the little uh, bugs in the ring and Everybody had a, a WTF look, you know what I mean? So it was. this was one of those moments where it was like, okay, we're going to make the most out of this. And I think, quite frankly, it benefited from it. Um, and, I, and I look at it, I love the, the tribute. I got to go back and watch that again. I've watched the Boneyard match again today. I'm going to go back and watch this one again. Mm-hmm. I, I love the uh, Eric Bischoff and, and, and just the cinematic cuts they were doing. 
I mean, it was seamless. It, it was just, it was so smooth. And just goes to show you, WWE is one of the, uh, is the number, you know, in the upper echelons of production and cinematography. And I, I loved every bit of it. And it was just like, wait, so, okay, now that's it. And, and I remember you said in the group chat, you were saying that that's uh, pretty much sending the scene back to Hollywood, right? Yeah, I mean, to me, you couldn't ask for a better, more creative send-off. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, it, there's no re- Cena only came back for WrestleMania. It's not like he came back and said, I'm back four times. Right. He was just back for the for for the situation, and he added he added an extra piece of WrestleMania that probably wouldn't have been there if John Cena's name wasn't on the marquee. He originally came out and he said, "Hey, listen, you know, I get where I'm at. You know, as far as my place in this company, it's best that I'm not a part of WrestleMania." But he was a part of WrestleMania in a way where he kind of gave back to what he took away. Bray uh, Wyatt says, here I am now. He, go, he goes back to the original Bray Wyatt. He goes, this is my biggest failure. First of all, he addressed John Cena's biggest failure. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you watch the Ruth, Rufus Aggression docuseries on the WWE Network, you'll see how he came in with so much momentum, but then it ultimately, it, it was considered a failure. Bray Wyatt said the same thing. This is my biggest failure. This is the one thing that you took away from me that was supposed to set me where I was supposed to go. Right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was just it was just like wait wait a minute this this is getting really really deep like it it seemed like that was one big Bray Wyatt get everything off your chest segment <laughs> uh, and, and I think with the circumstances of WrestleMania not being in front of a live audience you only had one audience to cater to mm-hmm. WrestleMania for most fans who don't know this, here comes the education so so guys are pens and a piece of paper I'm about to educate you here we go WrestleMania is the most difficult show to book for wrestling fans around the world because you are booking a show where you have to cater to two audiences, right? You have to, you have to cater to 75,000, 80,000 plus live audience. And then the millions and millions watching at home. Right. Mm-hmm. And every year the WWE has to find that balance in between to say, how do we make great television for those watching at home at the bars, at the WrestleMania parties, while also catering to 75,000 plus fans that travel across the world and across the country to be in that one space to watch the show, right? So there's a lot of things you can do when everybody's at home because at that point, you give your production the freedom to do whatever mm-hmm. versus saying, okay, cool, we can make a great production for the people at home, but then the people in the stadium will sit there and say, what did I just witness? I didn't, I didn't get it. Somebody sitting in the nosebleeds that, that spent all that money to get WrestleMania may not be able to see the Titan Trunk or hear the impact of what's necessary to send the message that you're trying to send in a production while there's a wrestling match going on in the ring. That's why that wouldn't work in front of a live audience. So, so, so trust me, I see the conflict every year, and every year that's something that they get paid to figure out. That's why they get paid the big bucks, because that's their responsibility to the fans, to find where there's balance between a number of different things. The age groups uh, for the show, those watching at home, those in front of the live audience. But this year you didn't have that problem. Mm-hmm. They went... First of all, they did it in such a short amount of time. That's that right there is impressive. Heck them to yeah. come up with that idea, that concept, and to pull it off whether they did in the amount of time that they had to do it. Like I said, that's why you get paid the big bucks. And I, I mean, I was thoroughly impressed, especially as a production person, to, to really take so many metaphors, so many ideas. I mean, so many subtleties. I mean, when I say Bray Wyatt addressed every failure, even in the ruthless aggression skit, John Cena goes for a swing. Bay Wyatt ducks and comes up and goes, you can look, but you can't touch. First of all, John Cena proposed to, to, to Nikki Bella in the middle of a WrestleMania ring. That relationship was an ultimate failure. And it was something that was subtly addressed in the middle of him talking about John Cena's failures and why, you know, he, he's not who he says he was. And from the very beginning, the whole point of this whole situation is, John Cena, we're going to show you who you were. Mm-hmm. The piece, I was like, wow, he definitely just addressed Nikki Bella without really addressing Nikki Bella. But it's things like that, that that to me made a huge difference for me to watch them pull it off and tell that story with what they had in the in the amount of time that they had to do it. Wow. I, I gotta ask you this. How much do you, how much mm-hmm. when you saw all this, two nights, great cinematography, how much did you miss Matt Hardy in WWE? It, it, you know what the crazy part is? I really don't. Okay. And, I, and I'm gonna tell you why I don't miss Matt Hardy in WWE. The reason I don't miss him in WWE is because there was nothing for me to miss. He was never really given this opportunity to do anything on this level when he made it relevant again. Well, and I guess it's a potential say, then. I mean, this, it's through the roof. It's, it's, it's almost time wasted. Yeah. Because you have Matt Hardy is one of the most creative minds in, in the history of professional wrestling in my generation that I can speak of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, what he, and what he did on his own and what he did in TNA, what he did 
uh, you know, what he's doing now at AEW and what I'm sure he's going to do. He made this, he, he pioneered this style of presentation for professional wrestling. And to me, this is the evolution of the business that we just saw tonight. Uh, and not just tonight, I'm saying with Matt Hardy. Right. You know, his, him saying, okay, this is, this is, I believe in this style of presentation for professional wrestling. This is the future. And everybody looked at him like he's crazy. And look, this style of presentation just saved WrestleMania this year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That idea that Matt Hardy had for so long just saved WrestleMania. I mean, it, it's so much potential wasted. Matt Hardy could have done so much. You know, and with the Broken Matt universe, unfortunately, it probably wouldn't have been too much of a main event um, involvement. You know what I mean? So, like, Bray Wyatt is in the main event right now, and he's with Cena, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it, this could have easily this could have easily been Cena and Matt Hardy. You know, same thing with Undertaker and AJ. That That was a big deal, you know? But I think just having Matt Hardy in the mix of it allows him to kind of produce these type of things, these type of productions for WWE going forward would have just been, who knows where his mind would have taken everything and who, who knows what he would have come up with if he had the opportunity to do this stuff more often or on a regular basis. But it's, I'm not tripping because I feel like I'm going to see it now at AEW. Like I, like I really feel like right now they're, they're all taking notes and they got to come up with something better. Yeah. Between Matt Hardy, Chris Jericho, like, I mean, to me, sky's the limit, and and, and I'm sure AEW is going to get a complete coaching, get complete freedom to come up with whatever to make this stuff. I mean, if if they've already done it, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. If if you if you had not watched AEW's last episode, um, Chris Jericho is addressing the fans while coronavirus. AEW does a great job of breaking the fourth wall and not kind of um, pretending like things aren't what they are. Jericho's at his house in a, in his high tub talking about, you know. I'm taking a must see the break before I can let fans back in the arena despite circumstances. And Vanguard one comes the drone comes flying in. He cut the promo. He goes he cut the promo on, on to, to 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 Vanguard one. Mind you, this is Matt Hardy's flying drone. And he offers him a T shirt. He offers this a drone, a spot in in the inner circle. Okay. Yeah. Matt Hardy's drone. Chris Jericho really really offered him a spot and put a little T shirt on his drone and the drone caught an attitude and sped away. And Chris Jericho said, release the hounds. And a bunch of, like, six or seven puppies come running out of his house chasing this thing. Mm-hmm. I was dying laughing. I said, that level of presentation when it comes to, to a cinematic presentation in professional wrestling is pure genius. It, it was nine, like, six puppies came running out of the house. People say, release the hounds. They chased <laughs> the drone. And, like, uh, one little chihuahua just sat there and looked at him. And he was dead serious. Like, that's the genius of Chris Jericho and Matt Hardy. And I say this to bring it full circle. The, the, the potential would have been limitless if... I feel like if, if Vince really like like Vince was forced to do this now. I'm not saying that he wouldn't, but mm-hmm. sometimes when Vince is wrong, he will go back and say, "Well, well maybe I should give this stuff a look." But then once the McMahon gets his hands on it and he allows the people with the creativity and the freedom to get it done, I mean, you you, you get what you had tonight, yeah. and you got a fire fire which is completely different. Something I've never seen. And and the best part about it was it was completely different from the Boneyard match. It wasn't the same thing. It was it was similar, but it wasn't the same. It was it's two different presentations underneath the same production umbrella, which I thought was once again it, it's progressive, it, it's evolution of the business. And then, like I said, if Vince will always shut something down, but if he sees that it works, he will go with it. I mean, if you look at his history and, and you look at the testimonies from the many wrestlers that have come before a lot of the guys we watched today, they tell you the same thing. Vince will tell you, no, don't do that, and then the next week they say, look, this works, let's do this. Yep, attitude there, baby. So. <laughs> I mean, and, and that's and that's to me that's where we are. Yeah. Like I said, Vince didn't want to do the attitude era. He thought that was he thought that style of professional wrestling was blasphemy. That's not what he grew up on. That's not what his father stood for. That's not what his grandfather stood for. Mm-hmm. And yet that was the only thing that was going to save save his company. That was going to pay the bills. And Vince did it better than anybody. He went he when I say he went there, something he did not want to do, he went there and he almost pioneered it. Like he, he pioneered what we know as the attitude era because outside of Let's put it this way. He pioneered it on the mainstream because ECW was doing it for a long time. They just nobody just knew about what they were doing unless you were a hardcore wrestling fan. But he took it to the mainstream. You know what I mean? He he's known for taking ideas that that aren't his and bring it to the mainstream. And eventually, he's going to get the credit for it. Same thing with Matt Hardy. My, yeah. Matt Hardy pioneered something in TNA on its own and now in AEW. But yet, Mr. Man is going to get so much more credit because that's what people know. Mm-hmm. He brought it to the mainstream. That you know, this is going to be on ESPN. This is going to be on a sports outlet. This is going to be replayed on the Fox Sports One. You know, anything can happen. Like today, we watch former WrestleMania on ESPN. It's a sports network. Mm-hmm. They're going to see that stuff and say, "Man, Vince is crazy." They're not going to say, "Oh wow, Vince really got us from Matt Hardy." You know, that's what we say to the wrestling fans. But we're in the minority when it comes to this type of presentation. Bingo. Now, speaking of minority, 
This guy, mm-hmm. uh, wrestling fans know, he won championships. He won the Impact uh, World Champion, or maybe it was the TNA Champion. He won the NXT Champion. Tonight is official. Drew McIntyre, the brand new WWE Champion. Dwayne, I feel great because when we first started the wrestling realm, McIntyre was failing and failing bad. I had so much high hopes for him. And, you know, I took an L with John Morrison, but McIntyre, it looked like I was taking two. Tonight is solidified, and my guy is finally the WWE champion. I enjoyed the match. How did you feel about it? I mean, it's, it's once again, I think this is one of those moments. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This wasn't meant to be a five-star match. So this wasn't about the match. This is, like I said, to me, WrestleMania cards are all a bit with two things, matches and moments. Mm-hmm. This was never supposed to be. Like I said, they were Goldberg and, and Braun Strowman yesterday. It wasn't meant to be a five-star match. That was supposed to be about the moment. And, this, and, this, and that's how I feel about uh, Drew McIntyre. I mean, when you watch his WWE, uh, I'm not sure if it's the Chronicle or it's the 24 on the network. It, it was, was the Chronicle. The situation that we're in right now. Yeah, okay. yeah okay. I, I just so watched it, addresses, it this morning. Okay, so it, it addresses COVID-19 and its impact on his run, you know, even mm-hmm. to the point where he had to do majority of his interviews through Skype and, you know, we're talking to a producer so they can put this together. And he was put in a very difficult situation, but at the same time, it's a dream come true because the future is still bright. I think that um, watching the end of the match, Drew McIntyre gets up there and just shaking his head because he wants to celebrate so much. He wants to feed off the energy of the fans and there's nobody there. I felt really bad for him because he, he's a guy, it's not easy to do when you walk away, when you fail in the WWE, walk away and then come back into, and to be kind of put at the level of, at the tier of superstar that they originally said you were supposed to be in the first place. Absolutely. Um, it, it's, it's something that, that, that you and I discuss in, uh, in, in a show that we do, uh, one of our latest wrestling realm shows called uh, Life After WWE. You know, mm-hmm. it, there's a lot of superstars that go away, make a name for themselves, and come back, or not even go away and come back, but just they may not be have they may not have been used a certain way in the WWE, but they find a way back and they find success regardless whether it's in the WWE or the WWE. And just that Drew McIntyre tends to be one of the examples that you know really, you know, uh, left the WWE, but they came back and now he's performing at the highest level. But the biggest thing to me is when Drew McIntyre even being in this position made me say. I think we discredit Vince McMahon for the genius that he is because we don't see it. Right. Because at the end of the day, Vince McMahon's prophecy was true. It is that McMahon was almost 20 years too early for however long it was. I'm just exaggerating, of course, by saying 20 years, but he was too early. He said, this guy's the future WWE champion. Mm-hmm. If you watch, you know, Drew McIntyre's Chronicle, he'll tell you, I got my own way. You know, he got a push. He didn't, it didn't work right. Sometimes the push too early can harm you. you Absolutely. Know, it's, like, it's like AJ Styles. It took AJ Styles 20 years to get to the WWE and now he like I don't AJ Styles is almost cemented in WWE history forever now, and in, in, in only four years, mm-hmm. you know. So sometimes the push too early can cause can cause problems, and I think that's what happened with with Drew McIntyre. But to see him now, it's like man, maybe sometimes Vince sees things beyond what we see things, and, and a lot of times people criticize him for it. Same thing with the WWE Network. There was a time he said, yeah, "You're foolish. Why would you sit there and start a network without people that know how to do networks?" And yeah. then. In, in a short amount of time now, the WWE Network is, is on the same level with some of the big-time streaming networks that are out there right now. And uh, this is a visionary. And, I mean, this is something that he visualized. Hopefully, as this pandemic clears up, Drew McIntyre can have an opportunity to be a guy. He's going to be there every day. He's not a part-timer. I mean, if, if, if you beat Brock Lesnar, they must got faith in you because nobody just beats Brock Lesnar. He, he's a part of a handful of group of people. And a majority of them is the Shield. <laughs> So, Except Ambrose, I watched that match I earlier. <laughs> I was happy for him. I, I wish he, you know, I wish things were different for him right now. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of more looking forward to what's, what's next for him. And, and you know, he's what, got the look, he's got the size. Yeah, and I was gonna say, you know, one thing. Um, you, you brought, you said something earlier about uh, it's not always about the matches, about the moments. I know for me personally, when I look at certain matches, I don't expect, um. You know, I don't expect Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart type matches. You know what I mean? I expect pounding, beat down. Like, what I got from Lesnar and McIntyre was exactly what I had been waiting for since the Royal Rumble. Ever since McIntyre's hand was raised, that's what I wanted. I wanted him to go in there and, and talk stuff to Brock Lesnar. And, and that's what they did. That's one of the benefits that 
without having the crowd there was to uh yesterday and today you really got to hear a lot of the trash talking especially in edge versus randy orton those two i mean going all over the arena i saw some people getting on a match i don't, I don't care i personally it was what i expected it was personal. You had two guys. You had, you know, we're supposed to be best of friends, but then all of a sudden you turn on me and you decide, you know, that you want to send me back home. You start mentioning my wife and my kids and talk about you love me and this is why you're doing this to me. I just thought the storytelling there was great. The only thing that sucked about that was the commentary. And I hate to be that guy, man. I do. I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> but I didn't like the commentary, Dwayne. No, I think it was their fault because the thing is that that match is already in a bad space as it is once again because that was the once again that was a, that was a double that was supposed to be a match we wanted to see but it's also supposed to be a match for the fans that was edge's first um mm-hmm. you know first return to wrestlemania since he was forced to retire due to an unfortunate neck injury so we lost out on that we lost out on the fact that the fans couldn't be there that that was supposed to be 80 percent of the match as it was they gave us everything they had in that sense right but then the commentary that it was the commentators were terrible. I'm like, first of all, why they got Phillips and Saxon on here whispering? The, the 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 commentary could have sold the match for us without the fans because they did nothing to help us feel the intensity of what was going on. Everybody kept saying, man, this is crazy, but I wish JR was going to call this match. Let me tell you why everybody kept saying I wish JR was going to call this match. Because every time things got super intense in the ring or seemed like it was going too far, JR would lose it and say, this is going too far. We got to stop this. <laughs> this, needs, this needs, we need to cut this out. Uh-huh. You know, he knows this. Stop the damn match. Like, he has gone out of his way to show fans that, okay, listen, I know this is a show, but this is going too far. They got to stop. By the fact that Tom Phillips said, hmm, like it was National Geographic. Oh, there's Edge. Hmm, he's getting pretty intense. I know he keeps talking about his class, so I'm, I'm like, first of all, why are they whispering? It's all this intense action going on. It's... It, we're used to a commentator getting on there, being excited about the matchup, but then becoming alarmed and shocked by what they're saying. And I got none of that from, the, from those guys on the mic. And to me, that was their responsibility for the night, knowing there was no fans in there. They did Edge and Randy Orton disjustice, and they ruined it. Yeah. The match wasn't ruined for what it was. It was he was only going to get so much out of that anyway without any fans. Because even if they went backstage, the fans still watching stuff on the big screen, and you still hear the fan reaction. Mm-hmm. And even they can still hear the fan reaction. But if you knew you didn't have that, why the heck would you put freaking Byron Saxon and Tom Phillips on there? And they just talking here like, oh, yeah, this is crazy. Oh, man. Uh, not to mention Edge in 2012, hurt his ankle. So, man, that's probably going to hurt. Step on his toe. I'm like, yo, what are y'all doing? Like, I dude, needed Corey Graves. To me, it was – it was like, Corey Graves would have did a better job. I, yeah. said, yo, give, I said, first of all, switch. Go back to Michael Cole and JBL because they, they would have – even the, the, the dynamic between the two – even if Michael Cope was being tucked in the ring, David goes, what are you talking about, Michael? Forget a hole. That's just hurtful. Like, you know, he would, he would do something to show you some stuff is bigger than technicality than what you call in the ring. Yeah. Right? And, and that right there will sell a match, especially, once again, you only had one audience to cater, to cater, to cater to. That was the home audience. It was no live crowd. Mm-hmm. You dropped the ball. Period. You dropped the ball. <laughs> because you, you guys had to at least make it. I said, this match is going to look good as a highlight package. Because what they're going to do is they're going to speed it up, for all the intense moments and put some crazy music behind it. You're going to say, man, this is more intense than I thought it was because you can do that in production. Yeah. <laughs> Disappointing, man. I, was it, like, I said, like, it, was, it ruined it. And, and like, Jericho trying to be polite. You know, I'm not trying to bash you, but I stop it, Jericho. You know, you, you watched exactly what we watched. <laughs> the commentators did not do their job on that match. That match was so intense, they were supposed to tell that story. That was their job. And to me, they dropped the ball. They, they, I, hope, I hope Vince cusses them out and I hope they get in trouble. Oh, man. They had one job to tell that story. They were supposed to. T- they ruined it. Like, like y'all ruined their moment because you knew they were going through the situation already handicapped, and then y'all didn't do your job to help the process along. So, uh, that, like, I, like I, 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 I'm not ashamed. I'm a fan, and it's very rare that I'm very critical of this kind of stuff. But some, some stuff is inexcusable. <laughs> well, the, I'm thinking same, now, you know? like, they couldn't. They went back. Well. No, never mind. I was like, that's why one of the things they could have went back and did in post-production, but it would have been too much and it wouldn't have made sense at all. Um, but I'm actually going to take a break. It's funny because it's great that I have you here because you mentioned it. We have a new show coming up, folks. Um, it's called Life After WWE. Here's a quick clip of that show coming up. Make sure you subscribe so you uh, catch it. Actually, Wrestlers don't have to follow what is considered the status quo of the WWE 
these days. If you're mm -hmm. not being used, you can decide, I want I want to do something more. I, the rush of the fans, whether it's 50 people or 50,000, no longer makes a difference because superstars just want to be recognized because mm -hmm. they feel now that maybe I don't need the machine to be what I consider successful. Yep. That's true. Um, you look at a guy like Cody Rhodes, right? Mm -hmm. Homegrown. Let's not forget. Homegrown in the WWE. Um, would you say born with a silver spoon in his mouth? Absolutely. Let's say when it comes to the business. Of course. Uh, and he left because he wasn't like the way he was being used. I mean, he even went on record saying he had uh, the challenges was like figuring out what to charge people. Right. What to charge promoters. What to expect. Because he hadn't been through this before. No. Um, but he's went out there. He's thrived. You know, we mentioned him on our Breakout Superstars episode, which you can find on the Wrestling Around YouTube channel. Did we? All right, so that's just a small, quick clip, folks. Uh, coming up, Dwayne, will you, you want to let them know when it's coming out, or are you just going to drop it on them? Uh, it's probably the, show, the, the first show after Mania. Okay, all right. So I'm assuming, what, tomorrow? Sure, let's do Monday? it. <laughs> it's Monday. There all you right. have it, folks, Monday. Uh, we will be dropping um, our show titled Life After WWE. So you're getting the wrestling realm back in full force, and I guarantee you will be entertained. I was entertained tonight by the opening match on the main card. Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley, the queen once again reigns supreme. And guess what? I know Santina Morella was crowned Miss, De Miss WrestleMania at WrestleMania 25, but... The real Dwayne Allen, I am crowning Charlotte Flair Miss WrestleMania. I know that's a, a big statement to make, but when I think about what she's done in her match. No, it's not. <laughs> what she's done in her man, match. Look, look man, look. <laughs> the, the, her work it speaks for itself. Hey, I, I, like, exactly. Only adds, it, it only adds to the let. First of all, when have you had any woman superstar treated like this in recent history before Charlotte Flair on this level? None, because you haven't. I'm talking about someone, someone that can deliver. The fans want to see her, and it's not just because how she looks. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'm talking like consistently. I first of all, I've never seen a bad Charlotte Flair match up to this point, anyway. And and this was no different mm -hmm. for her to be having such a short time in the WWE in the business. It's, it's amazing to see what she's been able to do, and and she, I mean, she always delivers. It's not an easy thing to do in the world of professional wrestling. But I say always delivers. She always deliver i mean like i said that this win only adds to her legend but at the same time though because this win adds to her legend she can do so much more going forward for the brand for the women's division and overall for all the professional wrestling at the end of the day yeah um... it's something she can use to to help elevate girls and to work with uh a lot of the younger talent that may not have the opportunity that other people have had or either or even that she had coming up early on yeah you know people I, obviously everybody and I, I, I picked Rhea to win. I said, okay, Charlotte will put her over. But then I thought about it when Charlotte beat her. I said, it makes sense. What channel is NXT on? USA. You, If you look at that women's division down there, they have a lot of women down there. That's a lot of fresh matchups for Charlotte Flair. I'm, I tweeted mm -hmm. that I'm closer to my dream match, which was Charlotte Flair versus Mercedes Martinez. But you look at Charlotte Flair versus, well, I think Bianca may come up, but maybe she won't. You never know. Her husband's on Raw. We saw her come out there. Maybe, maybe not. But then if you don't, I mean, you can you can go back to that feud, that the mini feud they had. You got um, Mia Yim. You got Candice LeRae. You got uh, so many women down there that I'm like, man. And then they got ones that they don't. we haven't even seen that's in the Performance Center. What better person? I mean, people kept talking about we tired of Charlotte and Bailey. We tired of Charlotte and Oscar. We tired of Charlotte and Sasha. Now you get enough fresh matchups. I look at this. I think back to her match when she won the title in the triple threat match with her, um, Sasha, and Becky Lynch. Some people say that was the match of the night for WrestleMania 32. You think back, one of my favorite WrestleMania matches, easily in my top five, is her match versus Oscar. And tonight, her and Rhea went out there and they delivered. And I was a little worried about this match. I ain't going to lie to you because, to me, the whole story they kept building on was that Charlotte was ready for WrestleMania because of the fact that she's used to going out there in the crowds where Rhea wouldn't be. So I was like, okay, so now I want to see what are they going to do. I, I never doubted that it would be a good match, but I just I wanted to see what story they was going, how they was going to flip this. You know what I mean? And 
I thought mm-hmm. they went out there, and I thought Rhea Ripley delivered as well. You're looking at somebody who, during the Survivor Series, they put her over something serious that weekend. Uh, getting a mat- win at the Survivor Series, getting a win on SmackDown on the Go Home Show, getting a win at uh, TakeOver. Uh, and then the next week beating Shane or a couple weeks later beating Shana Baszler to win the title. So I thought that tonight mm-hmm. was great, man. No, I mean, if they start to show up hot, I mean, first of all, I, I look at Rhea Ripley the same way I looked at Shayna Baszler. Like, she can hang with the big girl. Mm-hmm. I mean, she looks, I, I know she's, you know, talking about all the comparisons they've made between her and Charlotte. But to be honest with you, they're, they're well-deserved. Mm-hmm. Because she has, I mean, when I say she has performed, I remember at one point you called it the, the year of uh, the year of Rhea, yeah. And, uh, because you know because of all the success that she's had. I mean, like it, for I don't think any any other brand does a better job of creating women superstars than NXT. You know, and now I guess you didn't say NXT UK. Yeah, I'm glad the uh, world really get to hear you say Shana that. Blade the shoulder. Yeah, and, it's and, the truth. Like it's because they make you care. Like my my thing is I'm not about um, splitting up genders. I don't want to see good wrestlers because she's good for women's wrestling. I just want to see good wrestling. Gotcha. And if, and if the woman is giving me good wrestling, that's dope for me. A lot of times when I see women's matches, I'm, I'm really not a big fan of it because a lot of times the early stuff, they just it looks like a dance. Mm-hmm. There's nothing against women. It just, I, it just doesn't appeal to me. I'm not going to like it because I'm trying to fight the power in any type of way. I'm just telling you what I like personally. You know what I mean? But yeah. th- these women go in the ring. That's why I've always been a fan of ones like Natalia Nyhart and the Best Phoenixes and the Gail Kims and the Austin Kongs in the early years, you know, and, and the Mickey James, because they always wrestled and they made you, they didn't look, you didn't, they didn't make you feel like you were watching women's wrestling. You were just watching wrestling, you know what I mean? And they had their own stories and they had their own, uh, you know, feuds and stuff like that. And that's how I feel with even this, this, this young up and coming group with Rhea Ripley, the Shayna Baszler, and then all, all, I mean, the countless numbers, the Bianca Belair's who's, who had one of the craziest slow bills that I've ever seen in a long, long time. You know, it almost goes back to the to the Becky and Charlotte, and and uh, the Sasha Banks and the you know Bailey and stuff like that. That's that's I'm seeing the same form. Like it's not like okay, well they just caught lightning in a bottle. They got lucky the first time. No, I'm seeing this consistently. So whatever they're doing down there, in there with the baseball, uh, to call it a farm system, mm-hmm. is working. And that's and and if you can give me a good show based off that, I'm okay with it. And that first match, I was like, man, they a lot of people focus on the wrong things. I'm like, look what they're doing in the ring. I said they're doing an excellent job right now. I said this. I was glued to the TV, and that's what you want, especially when you're watching WrestleMania. And it's already handicapped as it is. It's, it's missing a piece. It's missing that audience. It's missing that feel. Um, so I can appreciate what they what they gave us the first match, and it started to show off great. Yeah, it definitely did. I thought it was a great opener. Uh, I want to get to the women's match, the uh, Fatal Five Way Elimination Match. Bailey retains the championship. We saw the build. I know some people were saying, I want to say around January, February, that they wanted this match right here to be Sasha versus Bailey. You just hinted at it. The slow build. This is, And I was very adamant that I did not want to see that. And afterwards, I tweeted at Wrestling Realm, now you can give me Sasha versus Bailey. You can start building towards that. Because you saw it. When Bailey hit her by accident and Sasha, you know, they got in, got into it a little bit. It caused mm-hmm. Sasha eventually getting hit with the woman's right, getting eliminated. But in the end, she was there for her best friend. Bailey retaining the title. I know some people may have been disappointed. I wanted Sasha to win, but I wasn't mad that the way this went down because now I think we get that slow build where we'll get a summer of Charlotte. I mean, Sasha Banks versus Bailey. How do you feel about that, Dwayne? I, I, first of all, I, I think they did an excellent job. I mm-hmm. like the way they did the match. I like the uh, the way they booked it, the way it was the way they the way they built it, and the stories that they told in the ring. Like I said, when when you don't once again, when you don't, I'm gonna keep saying it over and over again. <laughs> when you don't have the audience, you have to look at something else. And I looked at the story that they were telling in the ring. Um, first of all, Bailey deserves it. She she deserves to have her long title run. I don't care what nobody says. To me, I think she's probably the best female wrestler in 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 the building as of right now. That has shown me otherwise. Even even Charlotte Flair. To me, Charlotte Flair is the best little package, but I'm talking about as far as technical in-ring work, I, Bailey to me is, is the best out of all of them. Um, You've been saying that for years. And she, and, but I, I really have, because like I said, she's one of the first, for me, she was one of the first female wrestlers since Mickey James that made me say, I can watch this match. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? For the longest time, girls like Mickey James 
outside of what she did. They didn't have good dance partners. You know what I mean? And you weren't getting a solid match. But Bailey was the one I was like, yo, she can really go. I, I like the way she wrestles. Like, I like her style of wrestling. It just suits what I usually like already as it is. So first of all, she deserves to have a long title reign. If she, she deserves to have her win at WrestleMania, the circumstances was already, once again, beyond her control. The way that he started the match, and they addressed a number of different things. They addressed things like the team bad reunion. That was something that was, that once again, that was supposed to be a WrestleMania moment. Because the minute they all looked at each other, the crowd would have been like, oh, I know this is. Mm-hmm. And maybe they did their little hand thing. Everybody's supposed to go nuts. And then that was once again, continuing on with the match. I like how they made Tamina look so strong in that match. I call her Big Mama. Because she's <laughs> she's one of the oldest veterans, but but they never but she is still built as one of the most scary superstars on the roster, men or women, and I like that. They all ganged up to get her out. They made it seem like she was the most difficult person to get rid of, mm-hmm. and they all had to gang up on her just to get her out. I said that's great because even in the loss, it makes her look strong. Because at the end of the day, she can always say you all had to get four four women had to had to gang up on me just to get me out of this match. Mm-hmm. Lacey Evans is 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 I think she's underrated in a lot of different ways. I think she has. I think she's a full package player because she has a gimmick that works as a as a face or as a heel. She, she plays it well, and she's athletic enough to get in the ring. And she doesn't look like a newcomer to the business. She's not someone that hey, most people will consider an indie darling. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But for her to transition into professional wrestling the way that she has and be successful at it, I think she's very underrated. And then, of course, the you know as things kind of progress down the line, the storytelling between Sasha and Bailey, where you, they're kind of hinting at this may go somewhere down the line. And it started with the pre-match interview when. When Bailey addressed, um, you know, the uh, was, was addressing, you know, how, what's going to happen if it comes down to you two. But then she walked away and said, well, she, well, well, Sasha, what do you think? And Sasha kind of made a comment, and it was very ambiguous. Like, you couldn't really tell what she was referring to. Once again, you had to watch the match to see. We get into the match, the moment happens, you know, it was a mishap. Boom, Sasha was upset. Bailey said it was a mistake. Don't worry about it. And then she saved stop, Sasha the first time. But then Sasha ended up getting death anyway, knocked out of the match, removed. Look, just when you think Bailey's done, Sasha Banks comes in. Of course, the fatal five-way, so it's no disqualification. Takes care of her best friend. Bailey retains. So now the new story, like you said, can be told now. Well, let's let's see how long Bailey and Sasha can keep this whole best friend best friend thing up. Because at the end of the day, people know too much about Sasha Banks at this point. Mm-hmm. Once again, I say it because WWE has peeled back the curtain. Say, listen, we know you guys know them personally, mm-hmm. so we're not going to pretend like they're wrestling characters. We're trying to blur those lines. Everybody sees the WWE 24s. Everybody sees what she went through mentally when she hurt Paige. Everybody knows how ambitious she is as a professional wrestler. So they're like, listen, if I know you any better, Sasha Banks, you, you're not as happy as you make yourself looking like watching your best friend be champion for all this time. Because that competitive nature is going to bite you, and it's going to start lighting that fire under you. And how long are you going to sit there and take it before you decide, I want this championship done? Now, that's the only title that has eluded her in her career. Yep. As of right now. And she's young, right? Once again, it's the legend of Sasha Banks continually building. I think women's wrestling is in great hands for a long time. These girls are all young. They're not like, you know, even Natalia is considered, uh, you know, one one of the top builds in that. Like, she's a cornerstone to the women's division. And she's not going anywhere no time soon. Mm-hmm. And she's been around for as long as she has. I feel like this. they did an excellent job. As I said, in the circumstances, definitely enjoyed the match. I had fun watching it, and I like what they were able to do, even without the crowd participation and without the, you know, the moments that we would have had if it was underneath the umbrella of a, of, you know, a WrestleMania without all the circumstances. Yeah, and, and you know, one thing you, uh, you, bring, you said about the moments, the team bad moment, and I felt like a lot of the, it, it reminded me, when you said that, a lot of the moments was on Twitter tonight, man, and and that's one thing I can appreciate about uh, social media right. is being able to jump in. Yeah. Sure, you gonna have your trolls and your people who want to just be marks, but then you got the fans out there who just want to do like we do: suspend our belief, enjoy it for what it is. It's WrestleMania. It, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. It's not like we're doing anything else anyway. Um, and, and just being able to be on Twitter, and it felt like everybody knew that moment right there when it was like, oh, you saw a bunch of team bad gifs, and I tweeted one of them myself, but you saw a bunch of team bad gifs, and I was like, man, like, you know, it, it was just great. I um, I, I, I really think early predictions, I'm going to say Sasha wins the title in some, at SummerSlam. I know a lot of people don't win in their hometown, but I think she's going to be one of the people mm-hmm. that do it. Um, SummerSlam will be in Boston. Uh, God willing, things are cleared up by then. So I think if it is, I think that's where she wins it. 
that's definitely that happening. Um, I, I think that the, the WWE is changing the old adage of you're supposed to move in your hometown. Yep. Because once again, the business the business is evolving. You know what I mean? Things mm-hmm. have changed. So naturally, you know, why not? Yeah, and I think she'll actually get a run. You know, Sasha only has had uh, less than one month reigns, uh, and she don't win at the. She doesn't win usually at the big shows for the most part. So we'll see. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Yep, uh, Bobby Lashley versus <laughs> I was the Black didn't need it. <laughs> nah, that that, didn't that need it. that's you go you go get a uh, you fix your you re up on the chips or or get a drink of water, especially was, after the opener we had. <laughs> that was the check my laundry break. I said, what what is this? Didn't you know, know what though? About it, I ain't gonna lie it. though. I didn't hate it as much as you did. I want to. I just. I just. I, I, it, with, with one thing that that would say was that that threw me off, and I was thinking from the very beginning was this is two contrasting styles of a match. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And once again, in my, this is just me personally. I'm thinking once again, I have no audience here, right? Yeah. So if, if this was a moment match, why would you make this a, like? Give me somebody from going there and, and and wrestling the ring. Like for instance, the Monday Night Raws that they come at. You, you're seeing guys like when they, they were recording tapes. You're seeing guys like Cesar Galzander. Ricochet versus Angel Garza and Andrade. All four of those guys can go unbelievably, right? So they're going to give you a good wrestling match because they're performing for the camera, right? Yeah. They're not there to, to, to PV audience. They, they got one job, put on a great wrestling match for those that are watching, right? Yep. Why do you come at WrestleMania and you give me that knowing that this wasn't going to be... <laughs> yeah, don't, don't get me wrong. I understand why it was there. It was there, it was there to forward this whole line of Bobby Lashley story. It, it played its part. But I, I just I could have dealt with that personally. I'm not a big fan of it. I um, got that's you. That's just me. But, you know... Yeah, it was to me, like you said, uh, even if they didn't record this in sequence, I think when they went back and looked at the show, they said, yeah, let's just make this one second, get it out of the way. Because um, one thing I can uh, say about both shows, you didn't have what you call that normal calm your crowd down match. You know, you go back and look at WrestleManias. Um, you go back. There was no crowd. Yeah, yeah. So they, <laughs> they, they built it. Like you look at WrestleMania 27, right? You had... Undertaker Triple H. Then you had the the match with Snooki in it, and uh, the, got John Morrison essentially in trouble, uh, and got heat. And then right. you had Cena Miz. You look at WrestleMania twenty eight. You bring out B- Brodus Clay to you know. So you didn't have that. Um, one thing I did notice about this show, a lot of fluff was carried, uh, gotten rid of. You know, obviously because there's no crowd, there's no your annual announcement of breaking some sort of record, or there's no. Um, concert you know uh, i really loved at the beginning of the show we didn't talk about this last night but one of the things i really loved was the rendition of america the beautiful how they put that montage together and you got to see all those beautiful black mm-hmm. faces over the years singing a song so mm-hmm. um I, I i just commend the wwe yeah so what i've been called wwe mark what else is new but i commend them for everything they did this weekend once again, being a leader, you go back to the unfortunate things of 9-11. They was the first ones to come together in a, a mass um, mass group. And, you know, if Vince McMahon could have, he would be the first. If he could, he will be the first person to do it after COVID-19, just knowing him. But nonetheless, for them to still be able to give us this, I can really appreciate it. Shout out to the cameramen and everybody out there just doing their thing. Absolutely. I mean, a lot of people can, you know, in, in, in a way, put their lives on the line. You know, mm-hmm. exactly more than 10 people in the building. But they, they, they came together to give the fans a show, whether you disagree with it or like it or not. Once again, WWE is always an entertainment company. Their job is to cater to the fans. And if there was a segment of that audience that said, we want a WrestleMania, it was no doubt in my mind that WrestleMania was going to go on in some way, shape, or form. We've been blessed and fortunate that it was able to go on and get recorded and situated before things continue to get shut down, you know, due to unfortunate circumstances of COVID-19 and its effect that's happening on the, on the world right now. But, yeah. hey, at least they got past WrestleMania. You know, AEW has been shut down indefinitely at this point. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, in, in that, now WWE's trying to, trying to figure out, you know, where, where they're supposed to tape. Yeah. And I got one more question for you. Tomorrow night, Raw After sure. Mania, do we see your annual call-ups or your annual returns or – do you think WWE may hold off on that because they won't have the crowd and that crowd reaction? Will Raw after Mania be business as usual? I think it'll be business as usual. Okay. I don't think you'll get anything special because I, I don't know what they're allowed to do in the first place. So 
I won't be surprised if you get an NFC call up because all of them live in Orlando anyway. Yeah. But uh, but I, I don't, right now I think I think it's special enough that the show even goes on because as of right now they're probably not even supposed to be recording you know television right now. Yeah. Well, I think that uh, so I think it was already it. taped. Not sure how true it taped, is. You know, by by only I don't know honestly. I, that's that's a tough question. I think Vince can say, look, we're not going to change anything despite COVID nineteen. We're still going to go forward with what we usually do. But then again, it would be a waste because, like I said, you don't have that leftover WrestleMania audience that goes, I'm not going home yet. I want to see Raw. I want to see SmackDown. Probably mm-hmm. not SmackDown now because it's on a Friday. <laughs> but, you know, usually that, that when everybody goes home with me, there's a group that says, nope, I'm not going home until Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't have that this time. So I don't I don't see a reason to want to keep to do that. Okay. I mean, you may do something just to say we hit the reset button, but I think it will be just one big moment maybe at the end of the night, but nothing major. Okay. But it has to be something huge like CM Punk walking out there saying, hey, Drew. Or something like that. <laughs> something on that level of magnitude. Outside of that, I don't see much. I mean, think about it. And, and today, and what what have what what we need to see? What I mean, I don't understand. Like, it's tough to say. Usually, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a it's a return. Everybody's back. Yeah, I mean, I think you said seeing punk. What surprises are there? <laughs> that would be the only. I mean, he's the only one, and I say that because he's just the only thing left that people even talk about in regards. And even then, I don't think that'd be a good idea naturally, but. It's got to be on that level of importance. Mm-hmm. Well, ladies I and gentlemen, my bad. <laughs> what would you have? No, no, don't, don't let me don't let me fix it. The it, <laughs> the uh, the wrap up. I was just I'm trying to say like, yo, what would you? What is it us to do? I don't know. Well, go ahead, you can wrap it up. I don't. I'm still thinking. <laughs> yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate everybody joining in on the show. Uh, shout out to those joining in the chat. Uh, you know, uh, shout out to Glenn. Just said uh, he agreed with the Wayne business as usual. Um, Alvin Avino Dickinson. Uh, I apologize if I said your name wrong. Said the Firefly. Uh, the Firefly match was like the Tiger King match of wrestling. I haven't seen the Tiger King. Um, so <laughs> D from the. Yeah, I I I didn't like. I tried to watch it, didn't like it. Um, D from the Flex Zone, he agrees about they need. A, he felt they needed a three man team with Phillips and Saxon. I just thought they sucked tonight. I'm sorry. Um, it T- was terrible. <laughs> yeah, T Smitty jumped in. Uh, Bianca Belair would be the one to take the title off Charlotte. Lots of meat on the bone, and the promos Absolutely. will be fire. And shout out to Banks. Yes, Antonio Banks said he needs a Cena puppet now. So. I appreciate everybody joining yeah, us live, huh? That's that's what you probably want to see. You're going to see a Cena puppet added to the Firefly Funhouse. Would that be creepy? <laughs> absolutely but folks make sure tomorrow in case you missed the announcement earlier we are dropping a brand new episode of the wrestling realm and it is called life after wwe he's the real Dwayne allen i'm brian h waters Mm -hmm. so long everybody that's him